You're listening to Kiss My Glass, a monthly podcast serving up the latest news, trends, and events relating to all things liquid in San Diego. This podcast is recorded as a collaboration between Pacific Magazine and Facebook group Eating and Drinking in San Diego. It is released on the fourth Monday of each month and hosted on the UT Podcast Network. If you want to continue the conversation, be sure to visit the EDSD group on Facebook and head to pacificsandiego.com for updates on bar and brewery openings, beer of the week features, brewer and bartender profiles, and drink forward events. Also, be sure to check out Dish It Up, our sister podcast focusing on the food scene around San Diego, which hits podcast platforms on the second Monday of every month. Without further ado, here's your host, Edwin Riel. This is Kiss My Glass, a collaboration podcast between EDSD, Eating and Drinking in San Diego, and Pacific Magazine. Today's guest is TJ Majeski. TJ is the bar manager, bartender, um, does everything behind the bar over at uh, Charles and Denora, which is at the Pearl Hotel in Point Loma. TJ, how are you? I'm doing really well, thank you. So a little backstory, TJ and I um, met a few years ago when we were on the opening team, OB Surf Lodge, and he was behind the bar there and helped Sean, not Sean, help yeah. uh, <laughs> help the uh, uh, open the bar and this beautiful space that uh, is owned by the social syndicate. But TJ has also uh, been a staple at Gallagher's and all over OB in the last decade. So TJ, tell us about yourself. Oof. Well, got out of the military in 2008 and started uh, painting walls and hammer nails at Gallagher's. Um, and quickly moved up to a bar back there and then rapidly moved into a bartending position because we lost somebody just kind of got thrown to the wolves I remember my first night being there I was like what is going on this is so chaotic but a controlled chaos that I almost thrived in even more so than I thought I ever would did that for probably three years and then started managing the bar uh, doing the orders uh, helping booking the bands um, setting up all of our events just good at managing a lot of different things at one time. Enjoyed everything about it. And found myself kind of hitting a plateau, um, uh, being at Gallagher's, not having food, um, looking for that next step. Uh, branched out and then worked over at Raglan Public House. Um, helped them stand up their brunch for the weekend. Um, did that for three or four years and then slid into the AGM role uh, with Kyle. Um, learned a ton from that company. They do, they do some numbers for food, so I got my full fair share of how to run a restaurant on a fast, casual, fast pace. Um, it, was, it was impressive the, what, how fast we could turn tables at that place. Um, and then, uh, again, found myself to a plateau where I, I wanted cocktails. I wanted more of like what I came into this business to do, which was cocktail. Um, Raglan was a bit, very big beer bar, 25 taps, rotating. Not that they don't sell liquor. They do their fair share there, too. Um, but didn't but really have well drinks and yeah and yeah drinks. exactly yeah definitely um, stuff that I wanted to be a little more creative um, and I felt like OB didn't really have anything like that so the real Sean Big Sean from uh, Resident Brewing shout um, out to Sean McNeil yeah I love my boy um, he uh, he was always selling me beer um, and he told me about the project that they had going on over on the water um, what a better can't get a better view to work at. Uh, we could start there with why, and then found out their opening team being Whitney and Tony and Sean, not Sean. Um, <laughs> it was it was a no-brainer for me. So I slid over there into their cocktail program. Really, really enjoyed everything they had going on there. Again, 
still fast paced, still throwing out drinks. I mean, you're seating almost 200 people, 250 people at a time. I enjoyed everything that that brought to the table, but wanted a little more intimate setting. Um, so I found myself a spot at a Banker's Hill for, for a quick hot minute. Their bar manager was leaving, going to George's. Um, they were promoting within to the bar manager. So I didn't get what I really wanted out of it, but I got a ton of experience of a little bit more, uh, I'd say slower pace, um, thoughtful cocktails, um, being able to interact with the guests instead of just here, here's my drink, take my money. I want to get out of here and go back to doing what I was doing. Um, and that's where I was like, yes, I started making some really good money. Um, I saw everything that I was creating was getting tons of good feedback. Um, and I knew that I wanted to start creating cocktails, but didn't know how fast it was going to come um, until I landed at Charles and Denora, which wasn't even Charles and Denora at the time. It was still Eat at the Pearl. Um, that came about uh, in the end of 2017. So they had recently sold the place in August, and they had a new chef. Um, my wife had been had ran that bar program, uh, Emily Majeski, for five years back in 2009 to 2013, and then we had she had placed bartenders there to, as she, after she left and went on and did many other places um, to help run that program, and then found herself back there when one of her one of our really good friends left, and uh, then she had our baby. So they were down a bartender. I was looking for some. I was looking for an extra couple of shifts. So I slid into there, and then it, so it just so happened the bar manager got sick and was out for like three months, and so they just kind of gifted me that position, which I had no idea that it was ever going to turn into that. I mean, you were just helping out a couple of shifts. Yeah, I, I was there maybe two nights a week, and like two off nights a week, like a Monday and Tuesday. Which some of our Mondays are crazy good. Dollar yeah. oysters, champagne specials. Like people get down on Mondays, but it was. It was crazy to me that all of that happened so rapidly and then so full circle for me because in 2009, the bar manager at the Pearl Hotel was Jamie Matarese. It was a good buddy of mine from the Marine Corps, and um, he offered me the position. He asked me to come out. I was enthralled at Gallagher's. I was 22. I was running an Irish pub in Ocean Beach. There was no way you were pulling me out of that place. Sounds like heaven. Yeah, and but then it, it was heaven. It was... It was a great time to be in Ocean Beach. So then I was I was dating Emily at the time, and I, I was like, Emily, you're looking for a spot. Put you here. Hindsight, I should have taken that position because <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so much more experience and exactly what I really want to get into. But I guess you got to travel that that road less traveled to get back to where you uh, where you started. Um, so full circle, back at the Pearl, doing my thing at Charles and Denora. Uh, been there now for almost two years, um, enjoying everything that that is exactly what I wanted. Uh, if you could picture bartending in San Diego, I think the Pearl setting is like ideal. Out indoor, outdoor. Um, the pool right there. A pool, the beautiful lush greenery around you. Um, still kind of mid-century, mid keeping it uh, not as uh, up to times of what other places are coming to. You see a lot of places dipping back into olden times, like the gold gaudiness coming down. Um, big mirrors again. Um but you guys are legit. Yeah, yeah. We've been there since 1961. Yeah. Um, that place was built. Um, Charles and Denora, they were the original property owners, which is why we, in 2018 of March, coined our restaurant Charles and Denora, paying a little homage to the people that uh, put us there so many years ago and actually had a live-in quarters where our restaurant stood for 40-plus years. Wow. So where we're working right now, where I attend bar, is where they're 
bedroom was and where our bathrooms were was where their bathrooms were that's insane our kitchen was their living room so it, it was like a sportsman yeah a sportsman's lodge yeah, is sportsman's what it was originally lodge, called right. yeah um so that that thrived for 40 plus years and then there was some um, transferring it in within the family from 2000 to 2006 and then 2006 greg strainman bought it yeah. greg strainman's done Tons of things across the Southern California and all the way into Tijuana now with one bunk in this hotel. Yeah. Um, so there's there's been a lot of amazingness that's happened at the Pearl, just very quiet. Um, from their aesthetics, Michael Soriano design helping design um, to the people who have actually helped run that place, John Resnick who owns Campfire, Janet Juliet, um, yeah. places like that. People who have touched that and then gone on to do so many other amazing products or. Um, projects. Well, I think that's part of it because you're kind of in this residential business area of town where it's a destination. You're not going there unless you're going there. Yeah. You're not you getting know? people walking by being like, oh, what is this? Yeah. No, definitely not. And so you have a chance to kind of do those things where you can experiment a little bit, either cuisine-wise, uh, cocktail-wise, and it's always a good time at the Pearl last time I saw you, we went down on... <laughs> it was a good time. It was, it was. good times it at is. the Pearl. Yes, it, it always is. Uh, yeah. Um, and the good thing is if you get too drunk, there's always a room there. <laughs> yeah, the stay and play. It's awesome. Um, yeah. That's been going on since I can remember the Pearl being the Pearl, which is great. Um, you get after a little bit too much, and we got a room, and you don't want to drive, we'll, we'll take care of it. Let's All do good. it. Yeah, let's make it happen. Where do you live? Um, I live in Oceanside now. Uh, we recently just bought a house. Never in my dreams would I ever have thought I'd be buying a house in California. And um, unfortunate events uh, in my uh, my wife's family uh, landed us with uh, her father's house, and we sold that up in Temecula, and then took that money and put it into a house down here. So I have a uh, 20-month-old that now has a entire house and backyard he can run around yes. in. It's, it's extremely pl- pleasing for me. And recently you were in Japan, right? Yeah, we spent 10 days over there. I had a good buddy who, uh, again, in the military, all these military ties, I I can't talk enough about how much I loved being in the military for what we did and who I worked with. Um, getting these great opportunities 12 years later. Um, yeah. A buddy that I worked with in the military was uh, stationed at the embassy doing um, project managing for security platforms. Um he was staying at this compound that they had built since the beginning of the embassy being there. And it's all walled in, super, super nice, super safe. Not that Japan's anywhere near dangerous, but just being in a foreign country, it's nice to have that, bringing your child over there, have that security. Right. Um, right in Rapungi, like the heart of what Tokyo offers. And just being there, seeing how that culture thrives, efficiency, um, meticulous, detail-oriented, that was impressive. Like, that's a whole other level of cuisine and cocktailing. Well, not that uh, you went there for work, but did you take anything back from Japan to bring back into your cocktail fold? So we started messing around. I saw some, we went to a bar that had um, cocktails derived from uh, pickling sauces. So Chef uh, Andrew Santana at the Pearl has many things that he pickles. And so I, I had two or three cocktails with the with different pickling juices and then went back here and started talking to Chef about it. And he's like, oh, you should use some of my Hugos. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to. So I've done, he's got a mushroom Hugo that I really love. Then is a then a pearl onion, which is ironic, um, that he does a great uh, pickling on too that I'm trying to put into a cocktail right now, which is awesome. Um, just kind of crossing over that 
culinary gap to back to the bar, which is which is fun. Every time I have a sh- uh, a bartender in here who works with a good chef, uh, they get so much out of the kitchen, so much influence, so many flavors, so many techniques. What are you getting from uh, Chef Santana? Uh, well, I mean, outside of his pickling stuff, I mean, we talked about doing um, zero waste when it comes to my pineapple. So I wanted to do something with the flesh that I was infusing into one of my uh, rums uh, after I coconut fat washed it. And we talked about dehydrating it. Um, and then from there, I was just going to kind of use that uh, that shatter to just like kind of like stick into one of my cocktails as a garnish. He was like, oh, no, TJ, grind that up and turn it into a pineapple salt and then either rim the glass or top it. And I was just like... Yes. Oh my God! Like this is why I love you, Chef. You're <laughs> you're so much better at forward thinking on things, just because his uh, his experiences in the kitchen that you don't get at the bar, or you get that one person at the bar because you don't have a team that you're working with constantly, um, like you do in the kitchen. Um, you're a little bit more out on the on an island when you're at a bar by yourself. The chef's just great at. Um, I mean, I can tell you another story about him. We're, we're one of our first weddings. We work together. We do a ton of weddings at the Pearl Hotel. Um, and uh, I can remember it being a little frazzled. I think Amanda, our restaurant manager, was relatively new to the whole situation. And I've been in high-stress uh, situations in a restaurant many a times. And we're running around getting things done. And Chef stops me. He's like, hey, do you, do you need anything from me? Are you, are you doing all right? And I'm like, Chef, I'm good. I'm just going to peel some oranges. He's like, well, let me, let me zest those oranges. And I'm like, no, Chef, you're prepping for a wedding. I, I can I can zest my own orange. He's like, no, I'll, I'm way faster at it. Let me, let me see it. And he just starts ripping into this orange and gets like 16, 17 zest out of this orange in a matter of seconds. And I was just like, okay, here you go, chef. Go ahead. Thank you so much. That's how unchef like he really is, if that makes sense. He's he's just not your typical atypical type of chef that gives you n- no day of Tuesday and keeps you at an arm's distance at all times. It's like. He's so amazing like that. It's great. I have so much respect for uh, chefs like that that go into it like they're grinders. Yeah, and he know? still does. Yeah. He, every day it's like, oh, he's just – and I'm not saying he's picking up a mop or, or scrubbing things, but – But it's not beneath him. But no, and, and, you yeah. know, and he's been in the back – that's a lie. He's been in the back in the kitchen cleaning our dishwasher. And I'm like, chef, you know we have someone that we can call that can clean that. He's like, nah, I'm here. It's dirty. Let's just get it done. And I was like – that's why I love you. That's why I love you. Yeah. He's, it's such a different feel when you have someone that can carry that carries themselves at that level at all times, which is great. You live in Oceanside, you said. Uh, what do you do in Oceanside? Where do you eat? What do you? Where do you drink? Oceanside. Uh, I read an article. It's the new Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, the, the new Brooklyn is going to be Oceanside. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's coming up fast. Dijamara is great. I mean, they're phenomenal. Uh, non-alcoholic cocktail program that they ferment all in-house. Um, their wine list is outstanding. Their food is second to none. Um, I love the local tap house. If I'm going to get down on some food uh, right in Oceanside on the 101. There's a brewery, Bagsby. Bagsby's good on the 101 too. They're not bad. They're making some good beer up there. Yes. Um, Artifacts, if I'm going north of uh, Oceanside to San Clemente, just north, San Clemente, that place. I have never tasted a bad beer by Artifacts. Those guys do it right. They're Oh yeah, they are in San Clemente. Yeah, San Clemente. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple of places I like is uh, I like going to Willie X Place uh, Mission. Don't know it. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, check that out. Um, and of course, Oceanside is uh, a, it's, a, a great, great. It's place growing so rapidly, and only because I spent some years there in the military, 
on Tamarack and Carlsbad and then a little north in uh, San Clemente, do I even know how much like it would progress? Like if you talk to like the person who's lived in San Diego, they still th- think Oceanside's a sleepy town with nothing to offer. It's like it's so much more than that. I mean, it's it's always had like that slow laid back feel. Um, and the restaurants were a little bit behind the times of what San Diego, but San Diego as a whole is just now becoming what everyone thought of a big restaurant town city should be like. Um, it's great that now people are starting to f- see how Oceanside is growing or uh, San Diego is growing so much that it's pushing now to the lengths of North County, which is great. It's awesome. I mean, Escondido's got good food. Yeah. You, know? mm-hmm. you go like San Marcos, uh, too. Yeah, absolutely. Decoy. Love them. They're great. I love it. Right on the lake in San Marcos. That's another phenomenal restaurant. It's awesome. That's a long stretch for some of us in, in yeah. the heart of San Diego. Mm-hmm. That's a, it know, is. 45 minutes. Talk about destination. Yeah. <laughs> That's a destination. Right. For sure. You might want to stay there that night. You should. <laughs> <laughs> um, how has OB changed since you've been working there? Whoa. I mean, change. Change is, change is eminent, I think, um, with the change of ownership in property and money um, and business. I think that uh, you'll always hold on to uh, a nook of what a place had to offer or what you thought it was back in the day. But if it doesn't evolve, you see towns like that just kind of whisk away. I'm not to say that OB is anywhere near from that, but it's, uh, it's changed a ton. I mean, I remember Gallagher's being one of the first new bars on Newport, and people would walk by and yell obscenities. Yeah. F you, get out of our town. We're like, you took our bar from us, being bullfrogs. I'm like, did you drink at bullfrogs? They're like, yeah, every night. I'm like, well, pay your bar tabs. Maybe the place doesn't go under. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like better management. Um, getting more people in a centralized area to commonly think in one way, I think, is beneficial for everybody. Um, it's nice to see uh, Blue Water pop in next to OB Surf Lodge. It's crazy. I never would have thought a place like that would be in an area of Ocean Beach, but it makes so much sense. Perfect sense. It makes so much sense. Like, you had to travel outside of Ocean Beach to get decent, non-sushi seafood. Yeah. Like, you, every once in a while, um, you'd have a restaurant pop up with a nice whole fish, but nothing like crab legs nothing like blue water offers when it comes to their seafood and um the amount of different seafood that they offer in one place and you can buy seafood too. and you can buy it there yeah. you, you couldn't you couldn't go shopping you had to go to stumps and then you're buying it from a, a larger provider whenever you go large you lose a little bit of that um amazingness that the, those items bring to the table for sure and those guys are from ob so right they were very much welcomed in but the problem that I'm hearing a lot of in OB are businesses, uh, like you said, being shunned for opening. Yeah. Um, Raglan's I, was too. Yeah, Raglan's was yeah. too. Uh, Dirty Birds right now is having an issue. <sighs> and it's like those guys have, those guys are so small. Like you want to talk about mom and pops? Those are mom and pops. Now they make great, they may gross more than a mom and pop shop. That's only because we're willing as a as a culture to pay for more for those goods it's like yeah. if, my, if we were willing to pay more for screws nuts and bolts ob hardware would be thriving yeah but there's just not a there's not a call for that well, what is that about ob i don't know um it's uh it's 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 funny for me it's 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 like they they want all these um uh, 
up-to-date things but without having anything that those bring along with it right like you want people to be able to ride around on bikes and skateboards in a million streets but you still want people to shop and eat at your at your restaurants and and you can't have both it's it's like it comes with it. it's the nature of the beast i feel like um when you look at where the cocktail scene has evolved where do you see it further evolving in the next few years as someone um, at the forefront of that? Um, I feel I feel like San Diego is on the brink of having uh, cocktails turn into where the same type of culture that we now as bartenders look outward and try to get examples of cocktails to bring in. So you look at like London or Singapore or Tokyo, San Francisco, New York, uh, places like that that are doing smaller uh, less capacity bars and uh, a more thought out cocktail where you're not slinging 30 to 120 drinks a night you're slinging 8 to 50 drinks a night and they're just they're, there's way more when you get into a smaller atmosphere like Charles and Denora you get this showmanship uh, that you lose a lot out on when you're mass producing stuff um, and I think showmanship is really starting to you see it a lot in bars right now I mean look at 100 proof and the showmanship that they have and they're still pumping out drinks yeah. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to condense that a little bit more and then heighten that cocktail um, how much goes into it thought process uh, the build the type of liquors you get um, I feel like uh, we're on the brink of being right there for it um, speakeasies are speakeasies are really now trying to um, keep it to a minimum of fifteen to twenty, and that's like that's like amazing for a bartender. If you can get fifteen to twenty people in your in your bar that are table topped away from you, and then eight nine lined up in front of you, I feel like that is like the most advantageous spot for a creative cocktail uh, uh, bartender. It's crazy how. And I've lived here almost all my life, and I used to go to school right up the street at San Diego High School. And just in this general area, you're looking around and you're going, this is not the San Diego Mm -mm. that I grew up in. But at the same time, I wouldn't change it for anything. But it's really nice to hear someone who's been here for so long uh, have that feel of, I wouldn't change it either. I've been here since 04. It's almost half my life. Um, I got here when I was 17. And um, I wouldn't change it either. In fact, I'd want it to speed up just a little bit more. I feel like we're Likewise. just, I think, I feel like we're just behind where um, we could really put a stamp in uh, the, the culture of food and drink. Like we're just right there. Um, soon though, soon. I feel like it's there. Well, that's what I do with this podcast. You know, like an underlying theme is let's celebrate the people who have been doing great mm-hmm. and the people who are pushing either cuisine, which is on Dish It Up, or drink, which is kiss my glass. Um, it's all about that. It's all about pushing that that um, typical, stereotypical San Diego experience, and you know, making it their own, making it our own scene. You know, and so often um, in the past we would lose talent to places like LA, and now we're actually attracting talent here, which speaks volumes to where we are actually going completely agree with you that yep i know uh, i had a good friend that left uh san diego to go to la and never turned back and it's like oh, if you would have just stuck it out here a couple more years 
who knows where you'd be? You might be owning your own your own bar right now, but now you're you're still grinding up in LA in the bars. So it's uh, it's it's rewarding to be part of this because you see actual growth. Um, you know, San Diego this year received eight bib uh, Michelin bib nomin or awards. Uh, we got one star uh, a one star restaurant uh, Addison in uh, in the Michelin Guide. So food is there. Uh, the drinks where we have world class bars, some of the most award winning, accoladed um, bar or uh, sorry breweries are in San Diego. Uh, cocktails you have like polite provisions, getting you know nominated for best bar of the year. Is that in Eric? America. That's Eric over there, right? Yep, Eric yeah, Castro. that guy does an amazing job. God, is he just good behind the bar? Everything he does, it just seems to turn to gold. It's it's amazing. Yeah, that's why his whole palace is gold. Yeah, I love it. It's so great. His like, his his approach on cocktails is pretty spectacular. I also appreciate what you said earlier about like the showmanship of bartenders. It's you know you go to a a, a churn and burn type bar and it's fifty, sixty of the same drinks and you know. You're you're just taking the well whiskey, two pumps of coke, you know, and you're done. And you know, what 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 challenge is that? But there's also something to be said about the experience of being at a bar, sitting in front of a bartender you know and like, and who knows what you like, and you know, like at a sushi bar, omakase style. Yes, you just of course, you know, it's dealer's choice. Give me give yep. me what you think. Like I think when I went there mm-hmm. uh, to Charles and Lenore, I said, make me something with uh, with uh, uh, mezcal, and you whipped up something and it was fantastic and it had all the right flavors it's, because you asked me. It's fun. It's fun that way. It's uh, it's, it's like you said when you're pumping out those cocktails at fifty of the same one all night long. You get monotonous. Um, it's 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 awesome in a place like Charles and Denora that you have clientele that come in that want that. That's what I think makes Charles and Denora really amazing. Uh, how amazing it really is is because of the clients that come in there. Um, they want you to f- pick their brain about what they're thinking and what they're feeling, what their taste buds are yearning for, um, and they give you that uh, that option to kind of create and 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 divulge what you want to give them. Um, and I've had I've had misses. I you know I mean it's not every time I'm I'm throwing out bangers, um, it's I, I've I've kicked a couple cocktails out to people they're like eh that's not really what I was looking for and it's like all right let's redo it yeah. life's too short to be drinking bad cocktails let's get you something that you want so um, it's it's nice to have clientele that come in that that, that yearn for that. Speaking of clientele, what is the clientele at Charles and Denora? <sighs> spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, spectrum. I get sometimes I get twenty one year olds in there, all the way through sixty five seven year olds and. I mean, it's you get the twenty-one-year-olds that are very reserved, and you get your sixty-five-year-olds that are just throwing down. And um, it's 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 a very wide spectrum. I mean, we get so many different people that stay in the area of Point Loma because of what Point Loma has to offer. Um, it being close to the water, um, and having the yacht club right there, yeah. um, boats coming in and out of the harbor there in Sandy, uh, the the Shelter Island. Um, the concerts that were surrounded by Humphreys and then uh, Pachangas down there in Sports Arena Boulevard. Um, you get a wide range of people that come in there. 50-50 tourists? No, not at all. I would say um, I would say closer to like 55-45 or even 60-40 um, for our locals uh, to tourists. This is the thing about Charles and Denora. Oh, it's it, it's hurt kind of hurts me to say this, but I don't think it would be the same if it didn't have this kind of uh, 
aura about it. People who book at our hotel don't know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah. Um, they find it in hotel tonight. Our rates are so competitive. Um, for what we offer, it's amazing. Um, they walk in, so they book the hotel. They show up, and they're like, "Oof, all right, Rosecrans, little, a little underdeveloped." Um, and then they walk into the Pearl, and they're like, "Whoa, where am I? What is this place?" Yeah. And then they're like, "Dang, you know, I see they have a restaurant. Oh, let's go get a drink." Okay, cool. Love my drinks. I've seen all this food going by me. The next thing that comes out of their mouth literally is I wish I could convince the rest of my party to eat here and not go somewhere else. And it's like, don't worry, you'll come back the next time you're in San Diego. I guarantee you, you'll be staying with us here. And it's like, that's exactly what they say to me. It's like, I can't wait to come back and try your food. Everything looks so amazing. Um, It's impressive to me that uh, people still don't really know about us in San Diego only because 10 years ago, there wasn't a whole bunch of what we were doing in San Diego, you talk about uh, Starlight being one of the the original bars kicking out craft cocktails. Yeah. In 2007, that might be the beginning of San Diego's craft cocktail scene push. Um, and my wife Emily was just killing it behind the bar. Most of what I do at that bar, behind that bar, or going forward with any of my experience, there's always something I have to pick her brain about. She is, I'm like, oh, babe, this cocktail's missing something. What is it? She's like, give it a lemon zest. And I was just like, <laughs> like, that's exactly what it needed. Thank you so much. Where um, is she now? She's not in. She's not in hospitality anymore. She's just being well. Mom. So she does hospitality in a different way. She owns her own business. She does electrology. So she's an electrologist that does hair removal by lessening the blood flow of each follicle and then removing the hair. Um, and loves doing it. Loves, 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 loves it. Went to school, got certified. She was uh, she was working at Urban Wood after she opened that place and Herringbone. And going to school while she was pregnant with her first child. Hustler. Like, yeah. Oh, she's she's amazing. She's a girl who can bang with the best of us. Like, she's a, she's great at what she does. Uh, but now she provides hospitality in another way. Um, she gets people that have lived with a portion of their body that they're not happy with. And then when they go and see Emily, they stand up and they're, like, in tears giving hugs about how they're so happy they never have to deal with that hair wherever they had it. It's, I've seen those bears over at uh Yeah. Oh <laughs> at yeah. Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. That tank top on and like <laughs> it's a bodysuit of hair. Bodysuit of hair. Yep. Nar nar. Um what what do you guys go, have going on at uh at Charles and Nora? Any events coming up? Any? Yeah, so we have a big pool event that we're doing with uh C B G. Um Melvin and Nikasi. Um, What's CBG? Oh, the, uh, Craft Beer Guild. Yeah, uh, so Second Chance is going to be there. Um, Melvin's going to be there. Um, and then I have Ninkasi coming over from, um, oh, shoot, actually, sorry, Ninkasi's with uh, CBG too. I believe it's a full CBG party. Um, so we're going to throw in a whole bunch of their beer on tap, uh, throw in a big pool party, midsummer pool party. When's that? Um, that is going to be July 27th. It's a Saturday. Nice. Yes. Are you guys going to do those dive-in pool parties? Yeah, every Wednesday we do that. So our dive-ins have been going year-round for 10 years. Now. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 great to see other people jump on and finally do it. We saw a couple of hotels downtown doing it with the uh, um, noise-canceling headphones. Amazing, amazing way to do it. But still not the setting where you're sitting around a pool, watching it on a big screen, and getting the cuisine that you're getting from the kitchen. Wait, so they're having a pool party with 
Noise canceling? Oh, no, no, no. Oh. So other hotels uh, downtown are having their movie nights yeah. with noise canceling headphones. Okay, yeah, I saw that. the rooftop. Right. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. I think um, that was the Manchester I saw. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a great, great setting. Like, But just still, you're not getting the level of food. You're just not getting the setting that the, the Pearl really provides. Small atmosphere, dinner poolside with a movie. It's uh, it's impressive how the, for ten years now we're continuously doing that. I've been to a couple of those. They're they're a good time. Yeah, too. they are. Sometimes I mean I've seen the pool where I can't even see water. <laughs> how, and it's a heated saltwater pool, so year round that thing works. Uh, actually, the colder it is outside, the warmer that pool water feels. So I always tell people, it's like, do people swim in that? I'm like, all the time, all the time. So you're doing that commute from Oceanside to uh, to Point Loma. Yeah. What do you do on that commute? Uh, a lot of thinking. Um, I uh, go over everything that I have going on for for the cocktails that I see on my on my list. Um, I'm going over the events that we have coming up in my head, um, uh, different meetings that I want to set or things that I want to taste um, from going back. I do a lot of quiet self reflecting. Yeah, driving is it's it's not a bad drive by any means. I'm off. I'm the opposite schedule of uh, the, um, the rest of everyone else. So I'm right. down there around 1, 2 in the afternoon. I don't go back until midnight, 1 in the, one in the morning. So. so you can cruise, no Yeah, conflict. cruise, no no worries. Um, I haven't had a commute like that this century. Where do you, um, what do you drink? What do you, if, if you're not, you know, if you're, if you're going out somewhere, where are you drinking and what are you drinking? Oof, if I'm going out somewhere, me going out these days. I would say if I was going out, I am drinking something neat or boozy. Um, Whiskey. Yeah, I mean, it's this, it, you could do, I could do rum, I can do gin, I can do mezcal. I mean, it's not that I don't like my whiskeys. I think that I've just been on a whiskey kick for so many years that I think more people now are starting to realize that gin, rum, and mezcal are playful and acceptable. Um, people yearn for it. Um, I do. Those are things at my top three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what do you eat? What do you like to eat? <sighs> Just everything. I want. I want something from. I want one of each thing on the menu. Yeah. I am like. I'm the worst person to bring to dinner because I'm like. My eyes are so much bigger than my stomach. But I. I also like. I love the atmosphere of like sharing food at a table. I don't want you to have your dish and tell me how good it is. I want you to try my dish and. I want to try your dish. That's why I love Chinese food. Yeah, <laughs> you know? there you go. Because you're eating 50 <laughs> different things and everyone Every, takes Everybody food. wants something. Yeah, um, yeah my, it works really well with my wife and I. It's, we're always like looking at each other like, oh, she wants a salad. I want a burger. Do you want to split half that? And I'm like, yeah. I have this theory that uh, restaurants have to earn my entree dollars. There you go. You know? I like so that. I stick around and eat appetizers, have drinks. And if it's good... I might share an entree, come back and get a, you know get real dinner. It's it's hard to get uh, go to a restaurant and just get all entrees. I mean, it's a lot of food, and then you're food. only getting a very small. What if they mess that up for you? Yeah, and, you're you know done. what I mean. Like that one time that they messed up that entree, then you're in your mind. That's but if you had these eight other things that you had been trying. You're like oh, this place is bang ring, you know. So I did this thing in um, in the month of May where I wrote down everywhere I ate, and it's. Uh, both sad and how long was that <laughs> it was three pages nice. right? it was in a little mole front and back uh, yeah yeah nice there you go and but but like I, I realized like you know I'm eating out sometimes 30 times a month yeah you know whether it's lunch mm-hmm. dinner breakfast I don't really eat breakfast that's where I try to reduce my calories yeah, by, you, you know it's coffee and toast there you go you know coffee and oatmeal yeah. it's uh, but 
there's so many good places to eat in San Diego and so many places to enjoy cocktails and beer. It's it's getting to the point where I, there's not enough time. You know, someone to, just to someone keeps asking me, "Hey, did you hear about this new spot? Hear about this new spot?" I'm like, "No, I didn't even know that place opened. Neighborhood is redoing what? Uh, yeah, yeah well, I thought I drove by there. Might have been like three weeks ago, and I was like, "Did they close?" And then I read the sign. It was like temporarily closed down for a remodel, and I was like, "Oh." I was like, I didn't even know that was going on. There's just so much going on in San Diego. You gotta, you gotta give it to those guys at uh, Consortium Holding. You know, it's it would be easy to just ride that out. You know, they were making money. They were just, you know, it's it's still fresh. It's about keeping up with the times. Yeah, I wholeheartedly. And when I see an owner put money back into his business, I want to give my money to that person even more so. Yeah. It's when you let your business continue to kind of like dwindle away or your, your aesthetics just kind of like get surpassed by what is coming up um, um, in people's eyes. It's uh, it's, it's hard for me to, to go and spend my money there if I don't see you putting your money back into the own business. Right. Good point. Because they did that also at um, Craft and Commerce mm-hmm. where they closed down and that's how. That's a lot of money just to close down. Let alone so much money. You know, to, so much time because so it time. never happens the way it's supposed to. Yeah, schedules just do not work in buildouts. They just don't. I don't know why. I just I haven't figured it out. But you get a hard date for an opening. Give it three months at least. At least. At least. I know. Like when we opened up Ob Surf Lodge, oh, we're gonna open before this date, and it was like. <laughs> Not today, Satan. Nope. <laughs> right? nope, not happening. Some of the issues are things that you don't yeah. even know. Like, yeah. I know at OB Surf Lodge, it was about the gas pipes coming in. We didn't have enough. That The electrical? Yep, and the electrical. <sighs> um, yeah, it's impressive. You you come across whenever you're doing a build-out. It's, it's difficult. Some of the things that you can't predict, some of the things are out of your control, but it's, it's always longer than what it expects, and that's just money. That's dollar bills. And when we talk about... I've always looked at it from my perspective as a bartender being like, oh, I missed out on that $200 night. You missed out on that $5,000 day or that $8,000 day. And it's like... I mean, I I can't imagine what a place like... uh Ob Surf Lodge is making it on a summer summer Saturday. Killing it. It's killing it. Killing it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Doing doing some numbers, that's for sure. The turn and burn ratio in that that place is real fast. Remember, uh, everyone called it Underland. Yeah, I still love it. I still love it. It's better better than people mm, going the opposite direction and trying to not make it what it is, trying to not let it be who it is. Um, it's, It's nice to have people crack wise jokes or put a nickname to it that means at least you're you're giving like your little brother a little love you know it's nice i went to blue water about a month ago and i love it because i don't have to wait in line anymore Mm -hmm. because the one on wash on india street you know that's a 45 minute it's a 45 minute Mm -hmm. wait and you know i know a few times where i've driven past saw the line with full intention to go go there there and it's like i just can't you know, so now yep. it's it's easier to go into OB, which, go is, to, which is funny to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go there, you know, and and eat at Blue Water there. It'll, mm-hmm. it, it takes less time, and you got that view. I yeah. mean, that view is just so epic. You don't. I, when I first got to San Diego, I couldn't believe that there wasn't more restaurants or bars looking at that amazingness that we have in front of us. I mean, yeah. you look at Lahaina's was, and then Shore Club, and then Firehouse was kind of. But I mean, and then Shore Club did that remodel and built that bigger deck. 
and then Joe's Crab Shack disappeared. I mean, places need to be looking at the ocean. Yeah. Like it's that's what San Diego's all about. It's 300 days of beautiful yeah, weather. Beautiful weather. Yeah. Even when it's cloudy, it makes you feel less guilty for wanting to stay inside yeah. in San Diego. It's like it's that's it's epic. It really is. And the people watching in OB is unparalleled. <sighs> Prime time. Go there. Can't pay for a better one. Go there on a Wednesday with the farmers market. Have a cup cocktails at happy hour. All walks of life. Uh, and you'll see everything. Mm-hmm. It's great. It really is. Um, where do we follow you? Uh, what what can we do to help support Charles and Denora? I mean, always at Charles and Denora on Instagram, and then my my hang my uh, tagline on Instagram is at King Louis the Fourth. So it's King Louis and then four lowercase eyes, um, and then TJ Majeski on Facebook, um, and then at the Pearl Hotel for uh, Instagram also. What's the address at the Pearl? Uh, Fourteen Ten Rosecrant Street. TJ, thank you very much for coming in, sitting down with me for uh, 40, 40 minutes or so. Love it. Um, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Evan, for the opportunity. It was amazing. Thank you. You've been listening to Kiss My Glass with host Adrian Rial and guest TJ Majeski. This podcast is a monthly collaboration between Pacific Magazine and the Facebook group Eating and Drinking in San Diego, hosted on the UT Podcast Network. A special thanks to our sound editor, John Kelly, for making sure you can hear us loud and clear. I'm Sarah Butler, staff writer at Pacific Magazine, and I'm here to wrap up with a few food and drink events coming to San Diego. For its third birthday, North Park Beer Company will host an anniversary IPA fest on June 29th. Guests will sip unlimited tasters, including the brewery's new hazy double IPA called NPBC3. Ticket options and more info can be found at northparkbeerco.com. On June 30th, hop on over to Taste of Adams Avenue, which returns for its 19th year. Eat and drink your way through the four dozen neighborhood restaurants and bars in the Normal Heights, University Heights, and Kensington neighborhoods. Find more info about the free event at adamsavenuebusiness.com. To celebrate 4th of July, head to Carnita Snack Shack at the Embarcadero for a cookout. While feasting on all-American burgers and hot dogs, enjoy DJ sets and live music before settling in to watch the Big Bay Boom fireworks. Details are online at carnitasnackshack.com slash event slash July 4. Those who live in North County can honor the holiday at Weston Carlsbad Resort and Spa, which will serve up barbecue from 2020 Grill's executive chef. Make reservations at 2020grill.com. That's 20 grillcom Then, on July 14th, go out in Little Italy with an inaugural Pride Brunch. Little Italy Food Hall will offer festival goers bottomless mimosas and food options before shuttling them to the San Diego Pride Festival in Balboa Park. Ticket sales support San Diego Pride events and can be bought at sdpride.org slash event slash Little Italy. This is just the first serving of great food and drink events. More can be found at pacificsandiego.com. Be sure to follow Pacific on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the handle at PacificSD for more cool events to keep you busy all year long. Craving more? Don't forget to sign up for this podcast in our Food Forward podcast, Dish It Up, which hits airwaves on the second Monday of the month.